Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. You're not a stunt driver. You just got your license back. We almost died. We almost died twice. I was totally out of control. What's up, 11.30? How you guys doing this morning? You made it? Okay, let's be honest. Who showed up for the 11 o'clock service and you didn't know we changed anything? Be honest, be honest. You're like, yes, I got to see that first song. I didn't even know the band played a song at the beginning. Hey, can we welcome everybody who's with us online as well? Thanks for being with us. Love you guys. Uh, we've, I, I'm sure we've got Brent and Liz who are in Czech Republic. They are part of our church family who are doing work there, as well as I think my family is watching in Cheyenne, Wyoming. So love you guys. So anyway, yeah, you can clap for my family. That's cool. I appreciate that. Um, hey, listen, if you're brand new to ACF, we just want to welcome you today um, just to be part of this community. And uh, we are a church that has a mission to amplify the grace of Jesus to the churched and the unchurched and the de-churched. And so wherever you come from, uh, whatever your church background is, whether you've uh, grown up in a church community or not at all, we just hope that you find a place here where you can uh, wrestle with your faith and grow in your faith and ask questions uh, as we move forward together. We're also starting a brand new series of talks today called Out of Control. And a lot of what we're going to be discussing is coming out of a book. And so in the lobby, there's a book called Boundaries. Uh, has anybody read Boundaries before, a few of you in the room? Okay, so every service, there's been a crowd of people who have read this book before. Um, it's not a brand new book, but the concepts within this book, I think, will change your life. I know they have for me and, and definitely uh, given me a ton of freedom in my life. And, and so I want to encourage you to do that. Before you leave, go buy a copy of that book. Uh, you can download it on your Kindle or however you like to read. Or maybe you're like, Brian, I don't read. That's fine. Just do the audio book on your way to work. Listen to a little bit every day. And that's going to really kind of help augment what we're talking about on Sunday morning as we sort of get a a 30,000 foot view of what boundaries are and why we need them. And so that's where we're going to be at today. If you have a Bible, I'd love it for for you to open up to Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, Verse 15 is where we're going to be today. If you don't have a Bible, download the ACF Church app and all of the text will be on there as well uh, today. Let me read this as we start off. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. 
So I want to start with this observation. Um, I've lived in Alaska for nine years, and can we just say that every fall there's like an inordinate number of cars that are in the ditch, like in Alaska? Can we just acknowledge that every single year the snow flies and Alaskans forget how to drive, right? And so it's more than any other place I've ever lived. It's just insane, right? Every time it snows, people are off in the ditch. In fact, I have a friend who buys cars for his kids. He calls them ditch cars. Like he's like, I bought my kids these these junky little Honda Civics so that they can run them in the ditch and get all kinds of body damage. Uh, The way that we're going to talk about this idea of boundaries is sort of like um, finding ourselves in the ditch. Uh, Many of you have experienced this where uh, you feel like all of a sudden your life is completely out of control. Maybe today when you walked into church today, you would say, man, Brian, my life is definitely out of control. And we've all been there. We found ourselves sort of in the ditch wondering how in the world did we get there? How did we get so burned out? How do we get so overwhelmed? And on the outside, it might look like we've got everything together. Like, man, I'm just cruising through life. And maybe your friends would even say, man, look at her, look at him. They have it all together. Just follow them. And they're doing it right. But on the inside, you're like anxious and frustrated and overwhelmed and angry with people and frustrated with yourself. And and so we want to set some boundaries in life. This idea of boundaries, I think, is a deeply spiritual issue. And as we dig into this, you're going to see that God has a lot to say about the boundaries that we set. And this changes the way that we see our lives and see the world. But living a boundaryless life is sort of a way of life for Americans. Um, Can we just say that? I would say that in the world around us, um, there's not a whole lot of pressure to slow down and to draw boundaries. Most of what happens and most of what is trending is towards being way too busy, doing way too much, and putting ourselves in situations that we shouldn't put ourselves in because we haven't set clear boundaries. And this idea of boundaries starts within ourselves, but it also uh, moves out to our relationships. And can we just say that the people in our lives, God love them, don't always help us to set good boundaries? Can we say that people that are around us don't always encourage us to draw lines and to set boundaries in our lives? And I wanted, to t- I wanted to talk about a, a scripture that speaks to that specifically. This is Galatians chapter 6. And it speaks to this tension that we feel between us and the people around us. And kind of, kind of this question of where does my yard end and where does yours begin? That's a great question of boundaries. He says this in verse 1. Brothers, if someone is caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual should restore him with a spirit of gentleness. But watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Now listen to this text. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own work, then he will have reason to boast in himself alone and not in someone else. Listen to this, verse 5. For each one should carry his own load. So you've got two things in this text. You've got first burdens and loads. And what we know about Christ followers, as, as Jesus followers, is that part of what we do is we try to take each other's burdens. And, and the Greek word burden in this text could be uh, described as something that's like a significant load, like a, like a boulder on your back. And maybe you've felt that before, where you've been overwhelmed by some kind of load that's been placed on you. You had a medical issue, and you just couldn't deal with the bills, and so some friends got like a little GoFundMe going to help you pay the bills. Uh, maybe you're dealing with something at work, some project that's way too big for you, and your, your, your co-workers leaned in and said, hey man, how can we help you out? How can we help you get this done? 
Maybe you've had a, a parenting issue and you've got these other parents that are helping encourage you as a parent to walk through this with your kids. I don't know what it is, but we've all been in a place where we can't handle the burden, right? It's kind of like every vehicle has sort of a load rating. I don't know if you know this, but your, your pickup truck is only meant to handle so much of a load, at which point it becomes a burden, something that's going to destroy the truck itself. And we as humans are that way too. We're only supposed to carry so much. So he encourages us to help other people carry their burdens. And we know that's good. We know we've experienced it and done that for others. But then he says, each one should carry his own load. In other words, there are things that other people should carry on their own. So if a burden is sort of like a boulder, then a load is more like a backpack. And so for me, I have backpacks that I'm supposed to carry. So um, I have a family that I'm to care for, kids that I'm to raise. Like, that's my job. You don't have to raise my kids. That's my job to raise my kids, right? I, I have like a power bill and a cable bill. You don't need to start a GoFundMe to pay my power bill, although this time of year it's getting expensive, right? Can we amen to that? But maybe you should start a GoFundMe for me. But anyway, that's my bill, right? Like, that's my job to pay that bill. We all have certain loads that we should carry. Those things are my side of the yard, my side of the road. But then there are other things that all, all of a sudden, like, we can lean into certain burdens that can help other people. But we struggle with this as people. This is a, this is a boundary issue. We struggle to know the difference between a burden and a load, don't we? If you're a parent of an 18-year-old, you know what this feels like, don't you? You're like, man, I want them to grow up and I want them to go to college, but they're in my basement playing Fortnite all day long, and I don't know what to do. Do I kick them out? Do I bring, you know, hot pockets down to feed them? Like, what am I doing in this situation? And, and that is a struggle with burdens. The book Boundaries says this. It says, any confusion of responsibility and ownership in our lives is a problem of boundaries. Have you ever had that feeling and that struggle of like, do I own that or does somebody else? Should I lean in and, and, and make a difference here, or should I let them kind of carry that? Is that a load or a burden? Maybe you, ha- you have a sibling, a, you know, a brother or a sister or a parent, and there's something going on in their lives. Maybe they caused it for themselves, and you're trying to figure out, am I supposed to lean in? Am I, am I not? Am I supposed to take care of this for them or just sort of let them wrestle with it? What's enabling but what's helping? This is a struggle with boundaries. We also struggle this in relationships, don't we? We struggle to know, like, what is yours and what is mine? What, what's the boundary line in the relationship, in the friendship? And so an example of that would be, let's say, like, after church today, you call me up and you're like, hey, Brian, I would love to go hike Crow Pass today when it's zero degrees out. Some of you would be like, that sounds awesome. I love that. I know those of you who do things like that. If you call me and invite me to do that, let me be honest with you, that sounds terrible. Like, I want nothing to do with that today. Like, I want to go home and start a fire, and, that's, and I want to hang around that for the rest of the day. But my, my impulse would be to, to try not to say that, because I would fear that you could be offended, or you wouldn't invite me the next time, or it might hurt the relationship. So I might feel tempted to be uh, a little deceptive and be like, man, I got a lot going on this afternoon, and I don't know, man, it's like I got the kids today, and I got to make them lunch, and you know, I got to study for some stuff for next week's sermon, and I would tend to even maybe try to deceive you into thinking that it's not that I don't want to do it or that it doesn't sound good to me, it's just that like I can't do it. And what, what we don't realize is, although that sounds like a small thing, that's actually an issue of boundaries, and it, it actually creates tension in relationships when we don't really know where other people stand. Have you ever struggled with that? 
Maybe you've invited somebody else to do something and you're like, man, I don't know if they want to be here. I don't know if they want uh, to be in this friendship or this relationship, whatever it may be. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew chapter 5. He says, simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything more comes from the evil one. Can we all agree that having somebody's yes be yes and their no be no is a really good thing for the relationship? I mean, have you ever just wondered where you stood with somebody? Isn't it good when their yes is yes and their no is no? But, but then Jesus says this crazy thing. He says, anything other than that comes from the evil one. You thought you were trying to protect them by not giving them the honest truth about what's going on. Instead, this scripture says we're like dabbling in the devil, right? Like we're dabbling in what's evil when we're not letting our yes be yes and our no be no. And what we know about Jesus is he did this perfectly. Jesus lived a life of perfect boundaries. And some of you are like, are you sure? Because he got crucified. Kind of seems like somebody crossed the line in Jesus' life. When what you need to understand is that Jesus got crucified because he chose to. Jesus gave his life for the sins of humanity. In all the things that Jesus did and all the things that were done to Jesus, they were done because Jesus chose to walk into those things for the sake of love. He chose to submit himself to the pain of crucifixion for love itself. Jesus always knew what team he was on, and he aligned everything in his life toward that mission. So what I want to talk about today for us is we need to know what team we're on. And I've entitled today's message, Choosing Sides, because at some point, we in this room have to choose sides. At some point, we have to stick our flag in the ground and say, this is where I stand This is what I'm about. This is the vision for my life, and this is who I submit my life to. And so my question for you as we start today is, whose side are you on? Whose side are you actually on? And this idea of choosing sides, I get it. There's tension there. Um, In the church, we haven't always done this well. We we haven't always, because I would say that in, in the community, when they think of Christians, they think, oh yeah, Christians are constantly choosing sides, right? And so when people talk about that, they talk about Christians who are pinning people against people, right? Like sort of this us versus them, like, like we're right and they're wrong. And so there's this, um, this, this kind of offensive way that we relate to people who disagree with us. This isn't what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about choosing sides, us versus them. I'm talking about choosing sides, light versus darkness. That there is good and that there is evil, And that if we are to love one another, we will have to draw boundaries and know the difference. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. So there's this absolute hatred for evil. That's not neutral. And there's this deep love for what is good. That's not neutral either. And this choosing sides that we would do as people of God to love others and to love God well. That's what love looks like, is love looks like choosing sides. You have to choose sides at some point. We'll get into this more. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Let's read through this text. He says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So uh, grab a pen, it's 2019, New Year's resolution, take notes during church, you know. First thing I want you to write down is this, while we as Christ followers look for common ground, there is no neutral ground. As believers in Jesus, we are constantly looking for common ground. And in fact, Paul, the man who penned these words, he says this, he says, he says, I strive to be all things to all men so that I might save some. 
In other words, what Paul wants to do is to relate to a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds so that he can connect with them and help the Holy Spirit to work in their lives and and to, to create a space where God can move, to show them the gospel. And so Paul is this kind of guy that's, that's willing to be in all kinds of different situations relating to all kinds of different people so that he might save some. That's called common ground. And I really believe this, that if you're a, a disciple of Jesus, that, that we should do this too. That if you're in a group of people who love movies, that you should try to figure out how to connect with those people. Watch some movies once in a while. You know, if you're around a bunch of ladies who love knitting, like take up knitting, I don't know. You know, if you're around a bunch of car guys, you know, watch some YouTube videos about working on cars and figure out inroads to build relationships. That's what Paul did. But Paul also made it clear that we're in a spiritual battle. And that although there is common ground, I would, I would tell you this, that in the kingdom of God, there is no neutral ground. There may be common ground, and we seek common ground, but in the kingdom of God, there is no neutral ground. We need to call out the lie of neutrality. That's what I want to start to do today, is to call out the lie that I can live neutral in my life. Because this text says, hey, don't be unwise, but we won't be wise. In other words, you're either being wise or unwise. And most of us are like, can I just be in the middle sometimes? Because I wouldn't describe my life as always wise or unwise. I'm just kind of neutral on that. But understand this, you are always being wise or foolish. The enemy is always taking ground from you. Or you are always taking ground from the enemy. You are always utilizing your time and leveraging your time, or you are wasting your time. But there is no neutrality in the kingdom of God. This idea of being foolish would be to sort of choose ignorance. That's what foolishness is. To choose to be foolish would be to choose ignorance, and we are all guilty of this. Can we all say that there are things in our lives that we're like, I'd just rather not deal with that right now. Like, man, the bell's ringing. I know there's some things that are going off. Like, there's some things that are wrong in that area of my life. It's not lending itself to more peace and joy in my existence. But can I just not deal with that right now? Can I just sort of be neutral with that part of my life? In fact, I, I just remember a while back I was counseling this couple that uh, they were getting married. And so this is like the premarital counseling. And, you know, we talked about money. And we talked about, you know, having kids. And, you know, we talked about conflict management and resolution. And then we got to the, uh, to the sex conversation. It's always, it's always a fun one in premarital counseling. And so I, it, was, it was a few months before they were going to get married. And I was like, hey, hey, what physical boundaries have you set in your relationship before you get married? As believers in Jesus, we, we believe that saving sex for marriage is God's best way for us. And so we're like, man, that's what God calls us to do. And so, you know, I don't know what you've done before. Maybe you've made some decisions that you're not proud of. But right now, what are the boundaries that you've set in your relationship? And they looked at each other and they did this. <laughs> I kid you not, just like that. They were both like smirking and smiling, like ah, laughing at each other. And I was like, what, what gives? I don't understand. They're like, well, they said, we had this conversation about like physical boundaries and stuff. And the decision we made was just to, just to figure it out when we got there. And I was like, how's that working out for you? Because anybody who's ever been in a relationship knows that 11 o'clock at night when your roommate's asleep and there's some like sappy Netflix love movie on the TV and you're both tired and worn out is a terrible time to figure out your physical boundaries with somebody who's sitting next to you, Right? I, I hear about this in situations where there's a, there's a divorce because of an affair. And, and I, I, I've heard this statement 
multiple times from people where they were the person who had the affair. And this is their statement. I've heard this over and over again. I don't know how it happened. It just sort of happened. That's a statement of a lack of boundaries, isn't it? And it always blows my mind when people say, I don't know how it happened. It just sort of happened. I'm like, no, you made the decision for it to happen when you didn't draw boundaries on your Facebook account. You chose for it to happen when you didn't draw boundaries with your relationships with those who are of the opposite sex at work, right? You chose for it to happen when you didn't think through what's going on in your own heart. I mean, when we choose to be neutral, we make a choice for the enemy. Do you know that? Like, we think, man, I can just be neutral. I'm not going to make a decision, but you have made a decision. And, and we as a church, if you're wondering uh, where we stand, I don't know what your, what your background is with the Bible or with spiritual things, but we actually believe that there's a real devil, that there is a, a real Satan, and that he has real demons, and he knows what side he's on. He never wonders. He's never waffling like, I don't know. Maybe I'll let their marriage thrive. Just this one, you know. He's never trying to give you ground or help you out a little bit. Like, at no point is the enemy going like, man, I'm just not going to draw a boundary line with this. He knows where the line is, and he steps over it every single time. He is like the most abusive relationship you've ever been in, going, I don't know what your line is, but I'm going to cross it. I'm going to look for any opportunity to steal from you, to take from you. The enemy is strong, and he is unified, and he knows what team he's on. Do you? Because that puts us in a terrible situation. And oftentimes we don't see the enemy. We can't even see it because we feel like it's just us making decisions to be neutral. But I would say the enemy is concealed by the temptation to have an ambiguous and boundaryless life. That's the best way to cover up and to protect the enemy who's at work in your life is the decision to be boundaryless and ambiguous in your life. Like, I'm not really sure what I think about this, but Jesus is like, no, you've, got, you've made a decision in making that decision. Because as he says in Luke eleven twenty three, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Jesus says, you are on my side or you're not on my side but you can't stand in the middle. Here's, listen to this. You cannot build two kingdoms at once. You will either be there for the kingdom of God or be building the kingdom of the devil or you will be building the kingdom of God, but you can't build two kingdoms at one time. So back to Ephesians, he says this in verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. The next thing I want you to write down this morning is this. A step away from what is harmful is a step toward what is healing. One step away from what is harmful is a step toward what is healing. As you draw boundaries away from what is harmful and you go, man, I don't want to be on this side of the line, you are stepping towards healing and wholeness and joy and peace and all the good things that God wants for you in your life. Now, verse 18, I'm sure some of you in the room were like, really, Brian, that's the verse you chose the week after New Year's? <laughs> like, like the week after my New Year's party, you guys are looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. But I know that on New Year's Eve, some of you were like, I'm going to deal with that issue in January. But for now, we drink, right? For now, we party. And I, I get it. Like, uh, and for me, I know coming into November every year, any dietary goals I had at Thanksgiving are just out the window. And you've been there where you've said this same thing over and over again, I'll deal with that later, right? 
I'll deal with that later is a statement of neutrality. It's a statement of like, I don't, I'm not going to really make a choice about it. I'm just going to deal with that later and just see what happens. Again, how's that working out? When you just kind of choose neutrality in these things. So he brings up drunkenness, which is a great conversation to have. How many of you in this room have seen someone's life torn apart because they didn't choose boundaries with alcohol? Anybody? So I know, I know my grandfather um, ultimately drank himself to death and uh, loved the man, but I, 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 can't, I don't have a memory of him without like a Coors Light in his hand. That's just what I knew as he was coming on in age and he was just constantly uh, drinking. It was just a struggle for him. Now, here's what we know and believe about alcohol is that alcohol is not inherently bad or wrong, right? I mean, I've shared this before. I've been brewing beer in my garage for like four years. And so like alcohol is not like an evil thing. But I've also chosen some very clear boundaries with alcohol in my life. Because here's what I know. By choosing neutrality, by thinking, believing the lie of neutrality, what I'm choosing is to let something take over. And, and some of you are there right now. You're like, yeah, I get that, Brian, because I've been neutral on this of like how many drinks are too much or how much is too much. And, and one drink turned into two drinks and now it's every night and now it's sort of a coping mechanism and it's becoming a problem and everybody around me keeps telling me it's a problem but they're all wrong and it's not a fr- Like we, people, we've all been there in one area or another. So he's speaking about alcohol, but it could be anything in that blank. He says, don't be drunk with wine. It could be don't be drunk with money. It could be don't be drunk with power. Or it could be don't be drunk with admiration. Or for some of you, it could be don't be drunk with lust, right? Because these are things that over time, like, like God gives us these gifts and then we distort them into something that ultimately destroys us and our families. And this is an issue of boundaries. Again, these are all things that are neutral to some degree as, as themselves, but then we, we take them and we hold a neutral opinion about them and then we end up being deceived into the lie of neutrality and they take from us and they steal from us. And then he goes on and he says, but be filled with the Spirit. So if you're here today and you're like, yeah, Brian, I have lacked some boundaries in my life. Good news, there's another option. And the other option that Paul brings up is to be filled with the Spirit. What's that mean? Like some of you, when you think of being filled with the Spirit, I don't know about your church background, but you think like, do I have to do cartwheels down the aisle? Like, do I need to like speak in tongues? Like, what do I need to do? Do I need to be slain in the Spirit and fallen down? What does it look like to be filled with the Spirit? But to be filled with the Spirit simply means this, to give God authority over your life. That's what it means. We believe that as you become a follower of Jesus, that God's Spirit lives within us. And yet there's this journey we go on This pushing and pulling of God going, I want better for you, and us going, I don't want to give it up, right? But to be filled with the Spirit is to give God this this total authority over your life. It's to believe what he says, and to hear what he says, and to believe that it's good, and it's true. So he says that is the other option, if you're living a boundaryless life, is to be filled by giving God authority over all of your life. And then he goes on to go, he says this, he says, Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs and making melody to the Lord with your heart. What is he talking about? Like, I read that at first, and I'm like, so you want my life to be like high school musical? I mean, like, what, what am I supposed to just, like, burst into song? Like, what's this actually look like? And, in fact, I have a song that I want to I use right now for that. Can you play that? Just as an example of this. There it is. There it is. You guys, can you help me out, though? Like, this is corporate singing time. You maybe never sang this in church before, but today's your day. 
Are you ready? Here we go. Just a small town girl. Come on. Living in a lonely world. She took a midnight train going anywhere. That's good. That's good. You guys are great. Well done. Nice job. Nice job. It's so good. I love that song. It's like, it's like one of those tunes that you can be walking in JCPenney's and it comes on and you're just like, just a small town girl. You start singing, right? I've seen grown men just burst into song in their car, right? Just the right song comes on at just the right time and all of a sudden we are vocalists. You know, it might not be very good, but we're vocalists out of nowhere. And, and I was thinking about like, what's he trying to communicate here? Like, how does that relate to being filled with the Spirit and and giving God authority in our lives and drawing boundaries? I think it's something like this. I think that what happens is when we start to plant our flag in the ground and we make Jesus the Lord of our lives and we give God authority over all the parts of our lives, not just an hour on Sunday morning, but for the rest of the week, we give him authority. We start to read the Scriptures and we see what he says is good and right in terms of our way to live. And as we start to walk in those things and give God authority in those things, we start to see that he was right. And it's good. And our relationships get healthier. And our lives become more joy-filled and more peaceful. And and the whole experience is just better. And we no longer feel like we're living in the ditch. And then we have these relationships with people. And we might not just burst into song, but the truth of Jesus becomes like the chorus of your favorite song. It just starts to kind of naturally flow out of your lips and out of your life. And again, maybe not in song, but maybe over coffee with a friend or maybe around the dinner table with your family or maybe on a phone conversation with a parent. You just start to share like, man, there's just been some changes. I used to feel like I could be neutral in this area, but I saw that it was robbing joy from my life and it was hurting the people around me. I chose to follow Jesus in this and it's just like there's peace there that hasn't been peaceful and there's joy there where there hasn't been joy and I feel less anxious and less frustrated with people. Like, I love that. And so you start to kind of unleash that into the world. And you start to share that with your friends because you you start to want that for them. Because everybody in this room, you know somebody who needs to be in on this conversation, don't you? Like, when you think of boundaries, like, start with yourself, but you know somebody else who you're like, they need some boundaries, right? And as they do, what that is, is that's you wanting something better for them, and that's a good thing. So bring them next week. That's good. That's my, that's my plug. Bring them next week to this conversation. Last thing I want you to write down is this. Here's what boundaries are. Boundaries are gates that keep the bad out of our lives and let the good in. They're like gates. So as Christians, again, we, we, we would say that we look for common ground which means we don't just build walls around our life and isolate ourselves. We connect with people, but we have these gates and we let the good in, we let what God says is best in, but we want to make sure that we don't let what's bad in. We let what's bad out. And they help us to love people well. He closes out with this scripture in verse 20. He says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the interesting verse, 21. It says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we spend all this time talking about how to draw lines and how to be honest with people and open, and yet then we close with saying, submit to one another. Out of reverence for Jesus, we learn to submit to one another. Here's what I believe. 
I believe that our problem with submission, which we all struggle with submission to one way or, no, one way or another, our problem with submission is a boundary problem. Because when we know where our yard ends and where somebody else's yard begins, we can actually submit freely to one another. We don't have to fear being run over because we know when to lean in and when to lean out. It's a boundaries issue. Here's, here's an example. So a few years ago, we decided to launch a small group in our house. And we were really excited about that. We put the word out. And the first night, I think like 30 adults showed up to our house. It was just, it was insane. And um, each one of those adults, I think, showed up with like five children. So, because our church, you guys make babies really, really well. And so we've got lots of little kids in this church. They all show up with their kids. And so the kids all go downstairs. And, you know, we're upstairs. And, and it's just like, it's loud downstairs. I mean, it's, it's insane what's going on. It sounds like a demolition crew is working on our basement. And I keep catching my wife's eye. And she's got that, you know, that look in her eye. Like, what's this going to look like when we get downstairs? So the night kind of ends. We walk downstairs. And sure enough, there's like grape juice over here on the floor. And there's like gummy bears in the carpet over here. And my daughter has puked in the corner. I kid you not. And, and this is like, and there's also like 60 children in our basement. And, and so we like, we wrestled with this. Everybody left and we were kind of frustrated. And we're like, man, I don't know. Like, what are we going to do? And we're thinking, well, maybe we could kind of toss out some little hints. Like, man, you know, maybe on the Facebook page we could share something about how Grape juice, stains carpet. I don't know, like, we're trying to figure out these passive-aggressive ways to not really deal with the issue and not really draw boundaries. We were like, man, can we just stay neutral with this? Uh, You know, we don't want to offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings. And and we made the tough decision to just have a conversation the next week. Next week, everybody got together, and we're like, hey, got a few house rules. And everybody listened, and they were so grateful. And no one was offended. And sometimes people will be offended when you draw boundaries. Be prepared for that. When you start drawing lines in the sand, people will be offended. But no one was offended. They were actually grateful. And we realized that drawing boundaries helps us to love other people well. Like knowing where our yard ends and your yard begins. And knowing what we're about helps us to care for other people well. And ultimately, not fear submitting to other people. And doing what other people want sometimes. And caring well for other people. You can do that where you know, when you know the lines are there. But when you feel that tug and that pull and that frustration, it's probably because you have not drawn a clear boundary in your life. Or because Jesus is not Lord over part of your life. So Christ himself actually shows us once again how this is done. Ephesians 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus... You who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. You see, for you and I, there's this wall between us and God. As we pursue our own things and we think we're choosing net neutrality, but we're actually uh, giving something to the enemy, um, there's this line between us and God. And Jesus, in his love for humanity, breaks down the dividing wall of hostility between us and God as he shows up to the world in the flesh. And as he ultimately submits himself to suffering, to beating, to being bruised for the sins of humanity. You see, that submission with clear boundaries leads to people experiencing the gospel. And that's what I want us to do as a church. That we're not out to prove something. We don't have to prove, like, man, I'm stronger than you. Uh, I know where this ends. I know where this starts. Like, we can continue to submit ourselves to other people, to serve them, to be all things to all people so that we might save some. But we can only do that well. And we can only do that in love if we know our boundaries. 
So what if you today chose to know where your boundaries are, just made a decision about what side you're on? I love that Jesus says this in Romans 10, 9. He says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And the statement that Jesus is Lord is a statement of God's authority in your life. Now, some of you walked in here today thinking that Jesus was Lord of your life, but you've realized as we've been talking that he's really not. That he's Lord of Sunday morning, or he might be Lord of a small group time, or of a little bit of prayer time during the week. But you have all this stuff that you thought you were being neutral on, or this stuff that you just said, man, I'll just deal with that later. And these are things that you have not given God lordship over. And Jesus says, you are with me, or you are against me. I'm either Lord of your whole life or none of your life, but there is no neutrality in the kingdom of God. And so I want to give you an opportunity today to make a decision on some things. Um, Probably as we're talking, there's some things that have come up in your heart uh, as, as areas where you need to draw some lines. Maybe some things that you've given up on a long time ago that you just need to kind of deal with again. So here's what I want you to do. On the stage here are a few planter boxes, and we've got these little flags And uh, these are surveyor flags. And surveyor flags are used by a surveyor to draw the line between your yard and your neighbor's yard. Buy a new house, they're going to come out and they'll survey where the line is. And so I want these flags today to represent for you the decision to give Jesus lordship over part of your life and start drawing some boundaries. And so I don't know where that is. Maybe for you, as you think about it, uh, you just want to write on these things, um, my life. Maybe for you today, you know that you have not given Jesus the lordship of your life. And today, you want to make the decision just to follow him, to commit your heart to him, to give him the authority that he deserves in your life, and to trust that what he says is actually going to be better for you. So if that's you, I want you to write my life on one of those those flags. Maybe for you, it's uh, your kids, and you're like, man, I need to draw some boundaries with my kids because I'm just angry. I'm frustrated. I'm hateful towards them, and it's, it's, a lot of it's me, that I just haven't drawn clear boundaries. I don't know where my yard ends and theirs begins. So maybe for you today, you just need to write my kids on that. Maybe it's money, because you're like, I just got the bill for Christmas in the mail, and we're, we're sinking, right? And you realize, man, that, that, that game of just like going into debt every Christmas or you know, every couple of months for things that maybe you don't need, it's just not... It's not good. It's stressful. You feel like you're just out of control, and you just need to draw some lines when it comes to money. Maybe it's relationships, friendships, or, or intimate relationships. Maybe somebody has crossed a lot of lines in your life that you didn't even know were there. Once again, the people in your life don't always know where your boundaries are, especially if you haven't set them. So some of you here today have had every line imaginable crossed in your life. You've been in abusive relationships. You've had things said to you. And some of you have been the line crossers. And you're here today and you're like, man, I have said and done things that should never have been said and done. I have crossed the boundary line. And I need grace for that today. So for, for, for you, maybe it's relationships. or Some of you it is. It's, it's lust, you know. It's sex. There's some lines there that you just haven't drawn. You've tried to be neutral on this one area. And it's slowly hurting you and tearing apart your relationships. So maybe for you today, you just need to write that down on one of these flags. And so as we worship for the next few moments, we don't have communion at the front of the stage today, but what we do have are these tables, and they have flags on them. Some of you got flags as you came in.
There's some Sharpie markers at the tables. I'd love for every single person in the room, uh, these flags up here from the other services, but everybody in the room, just think of one thing that today you're making the decision to draw some boundaries with. And let today be the day that you made that choice to put your flag in the ground and to make Jesus the Lord of not, not just this kind of blanket statement of your life, but actually of every part of your existence, including this one thing that's written on this flag. Let me pray for us today. Jesus, we, we just need your grace. And as I think about drawing some boundaries, I, I know there's some fear in the room and there are those of us who um, would acknowledge that, that we're not strong enough. God, thank you so much that we don't have to be strong enough. Thank you so much that, that Satan is although he's, he's roaring around and prowling around and, and stealing from us, God, he's on a leash. And that ultimately, God, you are stronger. And so, God, we trust in you. We need you. We need your authority and help in our lives. God, even for maybe some in this room, we need your help simply desiring something better for ourselves. So would you place that conviction in our hearts? And God, would you give us the courage to step forward today to give you authority over things that uh, maybe we have believed the lie in, areas where we've chose to be believing the lie of neutrality and yet we've given ground to the enemy. God, I pray ground would be taken back this morning. We love you, Jesus. We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.